This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 79 of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we discuss reading feed tag labels. We share our opinions on hoof oil. In critter nutrition, we address medicinal mushrooms. And in Coffee Clatch, we talk about what happens when puppies don't work out. Listen in. I understand you've been spending a lot of time in the saddle recently. Yeah. <laughs> Leather's been hitting the road. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> or the flesh. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it's the, the good thing is, is it was 71 degrees today. So wasn't a bad thing, but yeah, I, and the, the, the other really good thing is, is that either I am so driven to get like through the end of the day that I don't realize how tired I am or you know, just sort of like, hey, I wish I wore different britches <laughs> midway through the day. You know, things like that. But it was not nine degrees like it was last Thursday. So, yeah. And how many horses did you ride today? Well, I I ended Go up Go ahead, doing, admit it. There's no I judgment did, here. I, I ended up doing 11. I think I had said 12 earlier, but I think it was 11. And well, I did 11 sessions today. 10 of those were horses that I rode. One was a lesson. Actually, no, I did 12 because I did a video lesson. Yep, 12. I lied. So yes, I did a video lesson, one lesson, lesson, and the rest I rode. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? (laughs) I need a different job. I, wait, I don't know why th- this, we cannot talk about this because I'm going to rethink my life choices. I'll tell you what. <laughs> but well, you know, the, I, honestly, it felt good. It felt the good. good news. Are you yes. ready? Yes. The good news is you're supposed to get snow next week. <laughs> I hate you in a loving way. I think I've said, how many times have I said to you since I've moved home, I love, I love, hate you. <laughs> like, that's a new thing. But you know what, though? Knowing that I have been pretty lucky because every time, well, I've been here for a couple of the good snows, which quite frankly is fun because it I, is fun. Ray out in the snow with the dogs is like, why watch TV? Because it is just hysterical. He loves the snow. So that part Now, wait a minute. Fun. Stop there. Yes. For, for newer listeners. Who is Ray? Ray is my, sorry, my Ray is my very, very tall uh, 17-year-old son that runs around with my dogs in 200 acres, which is the best thing in the world. And it's like, it's sort of like, you know, it's like watching TV. It's like entertainment. I sit out on the front porch. He it's your runs very around. own live YouTube. Mm-hmm. But the best is, is that I have two French bulldogs that, um, they're definitely bulldogs and they'll, they'll like start biting at his ankles, bring them down. And then the Aussies like plant on them. And then there's Gavin, the old man in the background, just barking the whole time. I, and I don't have neighbors. Well, I have neighbors, but they don't care. So it's, they're too far away. So it's, 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 it's a very nice blend of entertainment and, um, giving the dogs exercise. So life, life is good. <laughs> but what I'm hoping is that I am 
you know, I, I hoping I'm back in Texas. I don't mind the snow. It's just, um, you know, I, um, there really isn't a day that I won't ride. <laughs> so I'm riding. So the, the snow becomes hard. The, the, my new daily thing is when the weather is a little bit more frigid, I go to the indoor, I stand there, try to get the door open. Um, our wonderful, <laughs> our wonderful guy, Jose just shakes his head and laughs and he like push I can't get it open because the door's frozen. <laughs> So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I did not have my butt in the saddle day at all mm-hmm. and haven't for the last four years. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I was in several barns today uh, interacting with um, many different kinds of horses. So um, I, I'm just doing it from the ground these days. But... We have uh, an interesting show because we're going to talk about things like hoof oil. You know, do we use it? If we don't, why not? We're going to talk about reading labels on feed. I'm going to talk about medicinal mushrooms. And in Coffee Clutch, we're going to talk about what happens when puppies don't work out because Patty and I have just had a recent Uh, rescue experience. So join us. Puppy talk. So today, I thought we'd talk about how much of the feed tag or label on dog food do you actually read? Do you mm. just read the guaranteed analysis? Do you drop down and read the ingredients? And I, I'm going to start this by saying I, I'm, I'm predicating this on my experience with horse owners and dog owners. And dog owners who don't have horses tend to be more label ingredient readers. Mm. And horse people tend to just read the guaranteed analysis. They want to know the protein, fiber, fat, and they don't seem to spend as much time reading the ingredients. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. And mm-hmm. I have a theory about that. And <laughs> <Okay>. let's hear it. <laughs> My theory is that there's so many unpronounceable things in horse feet that, yeah. you know, let alone trying to pronounce it and understand what it is, that it's overwhelming. There's just mm-hmm. so many ingredients, oh, I, 50 ingredients. Yeah, I would, I would totally agree with that. I think yeah, that, I think, uh, that, I think that's a, that's a, that's a very safe assumption right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks. I think, I, I think that's not limited to horse feed tags. I think that's, you could say that about people food too. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's just, it's just too overwhelming to try and understand what's in that box bag or can. Yeah. And you just, and, oh, just, be done with it. You know, kind of like somebody I know, you know how it is when your computer pisses you off and you just, you just want to throw yeah. up your hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nope. Have no idea like. <laughs> we were having some technical issues earlier, everyone. And that's, that's where, why everyone's laughing at that, but you know, yeah. Yeah. you don't know what it takes to put the show on. <laughs> so how much of the feed tag do you read, Patty? Well, I mean, I read a lot because I have a best friend that <laughs> is into food <laughs> Has a little bit. It into you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I read a lot. And, it, you know, the, the challenge always for me when, you know, when I work out of different barns and whatnot is, you know, satisfying the barn owner and making things simple versus, you know, what I would like to do. So I, I'm in a wonderful situation right now because the woman that owns the barn that I'm at is really very conscious 
of all of that. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I try to read all the, the, the top ingredients. My big thing is always trying to make sure that there's, you know, obviously there's some, some form of like whole foods if we're going to do a bag food, but that there's not a lot of sugar, you know, because we know that what that can do. I am probably more, I feel more capable at looking at dog foods than I do horse feed only because, you know, I, I always tend to my, for my own horses, I try to keep things really basic and feed whole foods, but dog, dog foods can, I think can also be incredibly difficult. I don't, I don't know yeah. about you, Jennifer, but you know, I, I, I can't because of my lifestyle, I would, I would totally go completely raw. I, it's very, very hard for me for how many dogs I have and how little I am, you know, home. I travel a lot. So, you know, I've kept, I've, I've banged poor Tiggy's ear, um, to find the best thing that works for my dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm very similar in that I'm, I'm borderline obsessed with horse feed tags, Mm. dog food, a little bit less. So probably because I don't think of my dog as an athlete. I think of my dog as a pet. She mm-hmm. eats, she eats what I feel like is good food and she's happy to eat it and she looks really good. So thumbs up for me versus yep. with my horses. I think of them as abs athletes and I'm constantly obsessing over their athletic well-being. Right. You know? Oh, sure. So, yeah. Because there know, are, so, uh, you know, uh, so, but the, but I am, I am a little fussy about the dog food. Like you, my lifestyle requires me to pretty much use kibble and then, um, I, I try to help it out by adding in the, the, uh, the little add-ins. We give her, her, her pumpkin or her yogurt or things like that, just to, to help round it out and not have her totally dependent upon the dried up kibble stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely when it comes to the labels for the horse feed, I am an absolute obsessor. I, every single ingredient, I want to know why it's there, what it's doing there. Um, and you can take six different grains that have the exact same ingredients ingredients list mm-hmm. and get three you know different completely different results and you know that that fat fiber and starch and proteins like wait a minute wait a minute i need to we read way further than that yeah <laughs> good good for you way further than that and then when you do you go holy crap but it's got a 12% protein but it's coming from shoe leather Right. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's, yeah, that's important because a lot of people just, you know, a lot of people blindly do what barn owners and, you know, in, you know, encourage. And again, barn owners are, are, are it's also hard for them to be educated too. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I always, I always say that the important stuff on any food label is the tiniest print is the most important stuff. Yeah. Yep. You know, the big print really doesn't matter. That's just marketing materials. It's interesting that the change in the last few years, it used to be really hard to find the NSC of feeds. Yeah, now everybody's got it on there. everybody's. But where it gets tricky is Mm -hmm. they put the sugar percentage and the starch percentage. But remember, sugar is, is two different values in an actual assay. The water-soluble carbohydrates, which include fructans and sugars, and the ethanol-soluble, which is just fructans. And sometimes I think these companies, 
ethanol soluble is a sugar, fructan is a sugar. I'm not sure that they're including the WSC, which is the big picture sugar, because they're right. not saying that anymore. They're just saying right. sugars. Well, which sugars are you referring to? Right. Both. One, the other. That's true, because if you have a horse that's genuinely sensitive to sugars, you, you need, need to know to that. Know. Yep. You need to know that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, labels, it, it, they've evolved, and I, I think they've become more complicated for people to read because there's very little food in them, and there's a whole lot of additives. Mm-hmm. A whole lot of ingredients and very little of it yeah. as actual food. So when when some when a horse person goes in, we'll use the horse example, Tigger. When a horse person, they're looking for a feed to feed their horse. Their horse is taken care of by someone else. So the someone else requires them to provide a bag of feed that they can scoop out of and give their horse. And it's just your average mid-level jumper, dressage horse, hunter, something. There's nothing special about this horse. It's just your average Joe. Do you have some suggestions on things that should raise warning klaxons that they should go up? skip that feed, go to the next one and things Mm. that they should perhaps look for either in the ingredients or in the analysis. Well, the sad thing is in ingredients, there's not a lot of difference. Hmm. They all have soy. They all have wheat middlings. Oh, I found one that didn't. Yay me. Yay me. Really? Yeah. What are they using instead of it? I don't know, but there's no none in there. That's very unusual. Uh, well, after the discussion, you know, the discussion we had is like, you know, my horse doesn't need to eat wheat middlings. And by golly, he's not going to have them. Hmm. Yeah. Um, did they have dried distillers grains with solubles? I, I can't tell you. <laughs> soy is the number one thing that you find in every horse feed. It's mm-hmm. soy oil, soy meal. There's always one at least or vegetable oil, which is soy and corn. So, because you can't really change the ingredients of every commercial feed because they're all using basically the same stuff, just in different variations and combinations, then you need to really look at the NSC, the sugar and starch. High-performance horses, particularly jumpers and eventers, need more. They They can metabolize sugar and starch. Racehorses can. But, you know, your average horse probably doesn't need anything over... 12%. 12%. The one of the grains I looked at and recently had the NSC was 26. Well, that's not even wow. high. It was 26. I, I mean, I, I've seen some that are in the 30s. Really? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Like 36, 38. The more grains it has, you know, the higher, the higher that's going to be. And yeah. the more molasses. Right. So look for, you know, a 12%. NSC and I like a higher protein, 14, 15%. We used to be afraid of it, but I, mm-hmm. I think 12% is and 10% is way too low for any horse that's going out and working. And for older horses, it's essential they have more protein. And uh, mm. I, we'll circle back around on that comment when we get to our hoof oil or not hoof oil. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, let us know if you read the label. 
on horse feed if you read the ingredients and if you have dogs do you, are you as thorough or more thorough we'd love to hear from you at healthycritters.com indeed <laughs> Hi, Hetty. Hello, Patsy and Tiggle and Jennifer. Hello, Hetty. How's everything? Everyone well? Enjoying your lives? Things are going nicely for you? Yes, it's been lovely here. It's just fabulous. Fabulous. How about you? Your sarcasm is being used against me, which is rude because that is my tool. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we learn. We learn life? from the best, Hetty. We learn from the best. Yes, yes. that's true. Well, so we have a saying. question. It's not very polite. <laughs> um, since you are very intelligent and yes. very wise and learned, we would like to know if you uh, read the labels on your dog food. Well, I have staff for that, Tibble. <laughs> Duh. As soon as you asked that, I thought, yeah. I, I thought, yeah. 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 I screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> coming. Yeah. Does your staff. I have staff for that. Yes, mm-hmm. she does very carefully. I am only given very nice foods. Like espresso beans with chocolate and oh, vegetables from the Chinese restaurant. And pretty much anything I can reach. Wow. <laughs> What's your favorite Chinese vegetable from the Chinese restaurant? I like broccoli and snow peas and string um, mm. beans. These are nice. I love them. Oh, that's Snow good. peas. You like snow peas. Not water chestnuts, though? They're delicious. Not oh, not as much. No, I like the green ones. Fair enough. Green ones. Green stuff's good for you, I'm sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been working with those Aussies to convince them that their diet is bizarre. <laughs> you know they've never had chocolate-covered espresso beans? Yes. Not <laughs> even one time. Yeah, that's kind of a thing. <laughs> it's kind of a good thing. Yeah, it's kind of a good thing. And no, they would not. never oh, that's eat one those way vegetables. To think of it. <laughs> um, they do eat those vegetables, Tigger. Uh, I did they not climb broccoli. No I, I found broccoli on the floor. Just the one time, let me tell you, monkey <laughs> eats it right out of the air. Snaps it right out of the air. No problem. <laughs> like a shark, that one. <laughs> we admire him. Ah, you admire him? Good. Mm-hmm. He's got talent and big teeth. Big <laughs> teeth <laughs> to catch the broccoli. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. He catches it right out of the air. I do too, but my pieces are a little smaller. <laughs> yeah, you 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 don't stand a chance with Sabi. No. <laughs> well, I get my own delivered to me properly, Tigger. <laughs> Duh. I, you know. I'm not just being left to die. No, because you you would never allow your servants to do that. No, I would not. Because I am important and adorable. Did you know that I am considering a run for president? 
<laughs> oh boy. You, you could you could make the new national food vegetables from the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Could you start a trend. If I was in charge, we would have way better food. I'm sure we would. Well, that well, would be awesome. I think well, we need to talk about that. <laughs> the yeah, dairy farmers would be happy. Nice yes, the farmers would be so happy. And they would send me cows. They would send you cows? I want a cow. We have a pig, and I'm a little afraid of the pig. But I'm a little interested in the pig, too. So my fear and my constant curiosity war in my tiny self <laughs> i'm sometimes overcome by my own existential need to both know and be terrorized <laughs> <laughs> well that's good to know hedwig thanks Hattie. <laughs> go with god people go with oh, god <laughs> thank you okay i'll Hattie. go get some broccoli now you should. Don't eat tofu. It causes migraines. I won't do it. No tofu. <laughs> okay. 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 Bye, Hattie. And now we're going to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about hoof oil, whether to use it or not to use it, and also how to pronounce the word hoof. <laughs> Jennifer? Yes. Let's start with the most important part of this discussion. How do you pronounce H O O F? Well, because it is it is spelled H O O F and not H U F F, it's hoof. Hoof. Hoof, hoof. That's right. It is okay. Hoof. Tiggs, how do you say it? Huff. I say hoof. I say hoof. Anyway, yeah. I think there's many different ways, and I would like to hear many different people say it. <laughs> but the discussion at hand is whether to use hoof, hoof, or hoof. And huff. And huff. Oil. Huff oil. Huff oil. Huff. So, okay, Jennifer, why, why don't you start? I am a not hoof oil person. Okay. I'm a recent convert. Out, out of using it? Yes. I used to be, I used to love putting hoof oil on the horses. It made them all shiny and pretty. Mm -hmm. I loved hoof oil. Um, and when I started, when Nigel started getting glue on shoes, the farrier said, I would really rather you didn't. Right. Because regular use can undermine the glue's ability to do its job and i said okay i can deal with that and frankly my horse my horse's hooves are just are fine without hoof oil well you know it's so interesting because years ago i i learned you know the 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 foot pr produces um um you know oil from the periopals i think it's called and if you put oil on it, it can, it, depending on what the oil is, what is in the foot can strip it and cause more damage than good. Now I know that there are some very good products out there and there are different uses for things that you can put on 
the horse's feet. I have, it depends on, I mean, if I'm showing a horse, I definitely put it on if I'm showing a horse for sale or if I'm showing. cosmetic reasons, yes. Yeah, but I don't, I mean, I, what I always hope is that I feed the horse well enough that their feet are going to, you know, be hopefully pretty good on their own. Now, as we all know, you know, some white feet horses tend to break up a little you know, easier. And, um, you know, you have to kind of deal with that. So, I mean, it just, it depends on the situation, but on a day-to-day basis, I don't use it unless I'm going to show a horse or, you know, show a horse to a person or show a horse in a ring. How about you, Tigger? I used to use it many years ago because I liked the way it made the horse's feet look. And I thought I was doing a good thing for the feet. Mm -hmm. And then I had a farrier tell me, don't put that, I think he said, you know, crap, um, on your horse's feet. So I stopped. Yeah. Funny, I've had more farriers tell me not to do it. Now, there's been other products that, like, antifungal stuff, when I was in Florida, you put at the bottom of their feet because, you know, the Yeah, but the that's ground, not the same thing as hope oil. Right. But, you know, it's it, it still kind of falls under the same category, depending on what you're doing. But, yeah, I, I mean, I just really, um, I just really don't do it anymore. And I don't see it done very much. I mean, it really? used to walk into a barn and before the horse went to the ring, everybody was slapping on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, every single day, the horse would go out to go riding and he got hoof oil on his feet before he went out riding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I, th- I think it's I mean, definitely fallen out of. I remember those little cans with the little brush mm-hmm. in the middle. And mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. I yeah, think it's, it's, it's fallen it's, out of favor. And it may be because. The farriers have seen, you know, less than impressive results with it. Right. Well, that's, yeah, that's an interesting point, too. You know, the farrier's point of view, because obviously they're really working with the horse's feet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it seems like the general consensus is don't do it. And I'm sure it's going to save you some money. Yeah. I actually did a test a while back with uh, one of the horses, and I put the hoof oil on one hind foot, and I didn't put the hoof oil on the other hind foot. And I did it for the entire can of hoof oil wow there was no difference between the two hooves very oh, couldn't tell a difference really? i couldn't tell a difference no there's no difference at all <laughs> interesting well, there you go <laughs> yeah there, there you go okay well then i would love to hear if anybody else has done some sort of thing like that because that's always you know good things to kind of figure out that because yeah, I, I thought well how, what better way to do it on the same horse you can't very well do it on 10 different horses because 10 different horses are going to react 10 different right. ways so do it on the same horse. There we go. Yeah, good and point. This particular horse, no difference. Now the foot that got conditioner on it every day was kind of greasy on the outside, but it was very much on the surface. You know, right. there was no there when the farrier came out, there was no difference in the actual horn. So that's just You're my right. opinion. Somebody else. Now we'd love to hear from you. You can email us and stop by and say, "Hey, I love this stuff," and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let us know. Yeah, the people who yep, make hoof oil have to earn a living too. So yeah. Yep, exactly. Yep. So today in Critter Nutrition, I'm going to talk about medicinal mushrooms. Um, they've been used for thousands of years as therapeutic foods in traditional Chinese medicine, as well as tr- traditional foods in Greece and Egypt. Now they become increasingly popular in the U.S. for therapy, 
therapeutic applications with humans and animals. But with so many companies including medicinal mushrooms in their supplements or as standalone products, it can be difficult for a consumer to distinguish which is the best choice for their dog or horse mycelium or fruiting body or both. There is a vigorous debate in the animal supplement community about which part of the mushroom is the most therapeutic. Some say the mycelium, which is the vegetative part of a fungus, is not as potent or as beneficial as the fruiting body. Some mushroom experts point to the active polysaccharide content or percentage, which is made up by the beta-glucans, and the fruiting body does have higher beta-glucan percentage than the mycelium. But is beta-glucan the only reason to feed medicinal mushrooms? In a recent article published in the journal Fungi, Dr. Solomon Wasser, editor-in-chief of the International Journal of Medicinal Mushrooms and author of over 600 papers on mushrooms, writes, quote, It is not whether bioactive effects are caused by a single component or are the result of a synergistic impact of several ingredients. There is insufficient data to determine which components have better effects, those from mushroom fruiting bodies or from mycelia powder. My personal opinion on this is to use both, which is why Biostar's two formulas containing medicinal mushrooms, True Balance EQ for horses and Terabiotic K9 for dogs, include the mycelium and the fruiting bodies. Providing both the mycelium and fruiting bodies ensures the whole food synergy of the mushroom components. Powder or extract. In traditional Chinese medicine, mushrooms were ground and made into teas, or whole mushrooms were boiled to extract the medicinal components. With the exception of reishi, which was reserved only for emperors, mushrooms were regularly eaten with rice and grains. The medicinal applications of mushrooms were teas and extracts. Based on the long history of mushrooms in traditional Chinese medicine, mushroom powders are an excellent choice for support, and extracts are best given for therapeutic applications. Water extracts, alcohol extracts, dual extracts. Water extracts of medicinal mushrooms are prepared with a very traditional Chinese process that requires hot water for extracting the water-soluble compounds from the mushroom, such as the beta-glucans. Other compounds like the triterpenes in reishi and shaga mushrooms are not water-soluble, requiring extraction via alcohol. Dual extraction includes a hot water extraction and an alcohol extraction to ensure that both the water-soluble and non-water soluble components are collected. High-quality dual extractions are made from the fruiting bodies and or the mycelium, depending on which mushroom is being extracted. For instance, cordyceps mushrooms should be extracted from the fruiting bodies, while reishi needs dual extraction from the fruiting bodies and the mycelium. The benefit of extraction is that the compounds in medicinal mushrooms are now concentrated from 4 to 15 times depending on which medicinal mushroom was used. Extracts are typically dosed lower than powders due to their increased potency. So far, most of the clinical studies demonstrating health benefits have been conducted with extracts, not powders. Where do mushrooms and supplements come from? China is responsible for 70% of the world's medicinal mushroom production. In 1983, Japan accounted for 82% of the world's production of shiitake. Today, China accounts for 89% of shiitake production, and Japan's share has dwindled to 7.3%. While China has millennia of experience and expertise in mushroom cultivation and extraction, there are issues with pollution, heavy metals, and pesticide residue, depending on the region and variety of mushroom grown. 
This does not mean a consumer should automatically rule out from China, but you will have to do due diligence, asking for a certificate of analysis that will show the heavy metal assay results. There are companies in North America that are growing medicinal mushrooms, but some of these medicinal mushrooms are labeled myceliated grain, which is more grain than mushroom. Mushroom substrates, this this is organic material for the spores to grow on, can be straw, sawdust, oats, rice, and other grains. There is an ongoing dispute among medicinal mushroom companies about which substrate is best. After hours and hours of reading various claims and assertions, I've come away with this. Any medicinal mushroom powder that includes fruiting body ensures at least that it's not myceliated grain. And until we have more science on the grain versus wood debate over medicinal mushroom growing techniques, it appears that myceliated grain is a low-activity, inexpensive ingredient masquerading as a true medicinal mushroom. It makes sense that a dog would eat mushrooms, but horses? Well, none of us can imagine our horses wandering over to munch on some button mushrooms in the pasture. The fact is, a mushroom is a fungus, and horses on pasture are consuming fungi all the time, just as they are other soil microorganisms. Fungi and bacteria play important roles in the soil web, helping to deliver nutrients to the roots of plants, as well as digesting the hard-to-break-down soil organics, like plant matter, lignin, and sugars. Approximately 80 to 90% of all plants form symbiotic fungi relationships. Fungi prefer perennial plants, such as the grasses and legumes that make up our hay and forages. So providing medicinal mushrooms to horses when needed is a kind of synergy in the complex natural world. Biostar has partnered with a small family company that specializes in dual extract medicinal mushrooms. This small batch approach, carefully prepared by hand, just like Biostar supplements, ensures vigorous quality control by people who love medicinal mushrooms. The mushrooms are USDA certified organic. Look for Biostar's innovative new formula f- formulas for horses and dogs in 2019. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. So we're in Coffee Clutch, and we're going to talk about when a puppy doesn't work out in a home. Mm -hmm. And Patty and I just recently went through a rescue with an Aussie that I had found a home for as a puppy to a family with an autistic daughter. And they already had a golden retriever, and they Mm -hmm. were desperate to have an Aussie. And we had a 
a friend who's been on the show, Karen Quinlan, the dog trainer. Mm-hmm. And Karen had, inv- had advised the family, Ozzy might not be the right dog for you. It's It can be high energy and blah, blah, blah. No. But the mother was determined to have an Aussie. She thought that was just the dog she wanted for the family and for her daughter. So I procured the puppy and they took the puppy. And about two months ago, I got this crazy text about, I'm not sure this is working out, and da 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 and I said, okay, 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 um, you know, what's the dog doing? The dog wasn't doing anything, it's just that her, she said it, the dog was upsetting her daughter, and I thought, oh, that's sort of weird, I said, well, you know, are, are you taking the dog for any kind of training? No, 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 my daughter's doing the training, I went, okay, well, mm-hmm. maybe you should take the puppy to the vet and see if there's anything you know, that's bothering the puppy. So she said, oh, that's a good idea. I don't hear anything until yesterday when I get this frantic text about, I can't keep this dog. It's Mm. upsetting my daughter and I'm taking it to the SPCA on Wednesday. And and let's just, I mean, you know, we, we, you know, need to say, Listen, we get it. It's it, you know things don't work out, especially Absolutely. with an aust- autistic child. I mean, sounds can make them, you know, be irritated, or I mean, there you you just don't always understand what's going on, right. and and that part is you know completely understandable. The hard part about this is, and and this is the thing is that, you know, quite frankly, don't get a dog unless you're willing to do some work for it. It is going to take some time if you get a puppy, research the breed, ask a lot of questions, and sometimes people get in over their heads. But if you put a little time into it, honestly, it will pay out in the end. And if it doesn't work out, reach out. Don't bring a dog to the pound if you can. Not that the SPCA doesn't have tons of wonderful uses it does. There's wonderful dogs to adopt and all that. But... You know, we are in such an age of being able to connect with 500 people at once. You know, exactly. Hey, I need help. Yeah. You know, hey, whatever. And that's what we ended up being able to do, right? You know, we put our well. The great, the really happy part of about this, or or the miracle of this, is the 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 woman was so stressed in her texts that I could tell, and and having Aussies and knowing them. They're, they will key into your stress in about oh, yeah. a, a nanosecond. And I thought, I, I've got to do something. So I immediately got hold of Patty, and we sent out our out into our network mm-hmm. of people we knew had Aussies or people who were dog lovers that could foster this dog. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, finding a home in, you know, 48 hours, that's... Especially when Tigger's in Florida. <laughs> yeah, that made it way more complicated. Yeah. yeah. And luckily, uh, Patty's daughter stepped right up, picked up that puppy last night. She's also an Aussie owner. We need to. <laughs> and, and she, yes, she has yeah. her own Aussie. And we now have another uh, foster stepping in mm-hmm. who already has three people interested in adopting her, which is just outstanding, which is fantastic. So the interesting backstory is last night after I knew that the 
puppy was in safely in Patty's daughter's hands. And I got a text from the former owner saying, oh, what a nice girl and da, 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 da. And our hearts are broken. And, and I, you know, the sarcastic mean part of me said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm. Um, and I talked to Karen who had first advised them not to get an Aussie. And I said, Karen, what the heck is going on with this? And she said, they're very wealthy people that when something doesn't work out, they just get rid of it. It's the mentality of, oh, well. Yeah, not a Tiffany Patty dog, just saying. (laughs) Just disposable. Yeah. That's not going to happen on our watch. And I, I mean, I, I understand the thing that's just so hard is to educate people, you know, and this was my big thing around Christmas is that everybody's, you know, going to give, you know, puppies for Christmas and do all that. And, you know, they're going to get rid of their old dogs and whatever it, you know, when I was very young and this was to no fault, um, what was to a fault of my parents, but to no fault of them, they just didn't know, they didn't understand. They asked us to decide between two dogs that we had one that had been a family dog and one that I had found. So this is a very passionate thing for me. And, um, I was nine years old and I looked at him and I said, yeah, I'm not voting because this is stupid. This is not what you do. You figure stuff out. And again, not every person, not every family, not every situation is able to do that, but reach out you know, reach out. You will be surprised at how many people are willing to help you, even if it's for a week or two or whatever, but don't wait till the last minute. Don't, you know, contact people that have dogs, contact a trainer, get Um, on Facebook, get on Facebook, get get on Facebook and say, Hey, I, I need help. I need help. And with, there's so many little organizations within every breed or, or just dog training in general. You don't have to have a breed. I, you know, you can be our, our most favorite, which are our mixed breeds and get, you can just get some help. And that's the biggest thing is that use Facebook to your advantage and to help you out. And, you know, we were very and fortunate. your own network. I mean, this yes. woman is a real estate agent. I mean, think of the people she probably knows. I mean, you know, the thing, and here's, this is and to, to further this, this networking thing. My, my daughter, Hannah just started, um, her orientation for being a nurse, uh, um, in Charlottesville. And she just talked to a, a girl there and she's like, oh my gosh, I may be interested, you know, I mean, and just by just opening your mouth and saying something exactly you know, how helpful it was. So it, it's going to have a fantastic ending. You know, if and- I was selling real estate, I'd be, I'd be selling a house dog yeah hey you're buying this new house you really need a dog dog would look great in that corner yeah so but the thing is is this this is going to have a happy ending because in the end um even though there was a time crunch the woman did reach out so and 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 say i think the lesson here is don't wait till the last second yes you're ready to have a meltdown but she at least thank the lord did tell tigger instead of just doing it because you just don't know you know, and and um, I, I have to say, the ability to reach out to you, Patty, and our uh, the combined effort to to solve the problem immediately and get that puppy out of there, um, I was amazed at at what we could do, and it really mm-hmm. shined the light on when you 
when a bunch of people think together and we go, mm-hmm. okay, we got to solve, we got to get this puppy out. Yep. Miracles happen. I, I agree. And I was, um, and the and puppy yeah, is healthy and, and sweet. it's and sweet. Just, and yeah. it, it, it just, I, I, to me, we, we, we may have helped the family out, but we really helped this puppy out. Yeah. And, and, and good all around. And, you know, yeah. So the thing is, you never know. So what if you get do. into trouble with a dog that you, Please. a puppy that you got, yeah. just reach out to as many people as you can who will reach out to other people. Because really, when it comes to dogs, there's a big, wide world of yes. people. Yeah. There's a step huge thing out there. And Amen. help you. Yeah. Amen. And, and on the know, other side of the coin, might I add. Yes. When you're the person who has been reached to, you hear about a puppy or dog or horse mm-hmm. that the family has to give up. Try to set the judgment aside. Oh, absolutely. Because it's easy to judge. And yes, you can be insulted. And yes, you can be emotionally in, a, in an emotional uproar, but try not to judge just because all that does is discourage people reaching out mm-hmm. because there, it's not too often that families go through this and go dog got it. You know, they're not happy either. Now maybe yeah. they made some poor choices and that's how they got in that spot, but that's water under the bridge. Try Absolutely. to set your judgment aside. And like you said, focus on helping that animal in yeah. that moment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's hard all around because, you know, people want to do the right thing, but you know, the thing is, is that if people are listening and they're in a situation, you know, contact us on healthy critters because we, you know, we're not, we are not shy about asking for help for (laughs) our critters. So, yep. But so it's maybe a topic for a future show, Tigger, planting a nugget. Yeah. Some, warning signs or some things that that new puppy owners should look for that they need to get help and they need to get help now because i think a lot of times the warning signs are there and we just don't recognize them yeah or you know we get so busy and 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 the thing is it's no fault of uh, of a lot of people the biggest thing that i'm gonna say is doing a little bit of research you're getting a new dog you're getting a new ferret you're getting a new cat whatever it is do a little research do a little research, ask some questions. What is it like? What do you feel like? How's that like? You know, I go to work, I'm gone from this time till this time. Is that going to work with a brand new puppy? You know, there's so many ways to get help by just asking. And again, I'm going to go back to Facebook or even just Googling something and, and yeah. reading about it. There's, there's a lot of ways to get help. Yeah. No questions. There you go. So there you go. There we Very go. Woo-hoo. Yep. Yeah, woo. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to healthycrittersradio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. 
Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. (laughs) 